Hi, I'm Madonna. I'm your worst nightmare. To rule the world. Why don't you show them what you do, honey? You've never had more fun with anyone else. People, people, we gotta move on to the next song. Right? Somewhere I'm sweet between. and I'm a bitch, you know what I mean? And that's always been the way it is. I'm, I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm waiting. Hi, I'm Carlton Wilborn, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Hey guys, it's Tony, and it's officially winter in New York. Yes, it's it's a bit chilly now, but (laughs) welcome everybody to another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise, Veronica Giacconi. And as you just heard today on the show, we are joined by none other than Carlton Wilborn. Carlton, Carlton, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Carlton, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? How is your life? I am good. I'm I'm good, guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, I've been in talk mode. Today seemed to be a day of a lot of interviews. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you're warmed uh, up. You're ready to go. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if um, one is ever ready for this, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm good. It's a really beautiful day here today. It, the last couple of days have been a bit cool, and it warmed up by about eight degrees today so we're like in the mid 80s oh jealous and like fully clear blue sky so it's like that kind of a yummy day and you're talking to us from los angeles correct i sure am i am in hollywood right in the middle right in the heart of it it. yeah Yeah, i look forward to being able to safely travel again and go back to la because i love la it's there's such a nice energy out in los angeles when is the last time you were here (sighs) two years ago i think Okay. Uh, I mean, it seems like it was ages ago because yeah. in pandemic yeah. years, I feel like we, you know, it's been like 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tony, how about you? Uh, I went in my previous employment, I went to LA a lot. I was there a, you okay. know, a few months out of the year. I spent a couple of weeks there. Uh, yeah, cool. so in, in 2019, I was there a lot. I missed the tacos. Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> the tacos. We do have them good here, man. Oh, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. entertained for a moment, to possibly getting tickets to go see Madame X uh, at the Wiltern. But mm. because she started canceling shows here or there, we were like, let's not chance it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Actually, I... I um, got to see her there and that was the first and only time i've ever seen her perform isn't that wow. crazy oh as an yeah. audience member you mean mm-hmm. yeah totally, oh. totally. was it yeah. was it an interesting experience for you it was so good it was really great i mean you know i mean i i did not follow her a lot before i got to work with her i mean obviously i knew who she was right, right. but like i didn't own an album or a single or anything so I've had like these installments of, of like sort of checking out her vibe, but I just think it was so I, so I never like, you know, stalked her out like that. And then obviously (laughs) after I worked with her, I became a fan and I, and so Mm -hmm. I follow her elements, but to get a chance to like see the force that Mm -hmm. she is and not have the pressure of it at all Uh (laughs) was amazing. Yeah. And to really just be able to take her in and like, like, fuck, like, you know, cause sometimes which you guys don't ever think about, but like for, for at least m- the, the way that I am on stage, especially as a male, as a, as a partner, right. Cause that was often my role with her mm-hmm. to be the one to handle her and make sure she's balanced and all of that. Oftentimes when I'm looking at her on stage, I'm not seeing her from the frame that everybody else is seeing her because I'm seeing her just in regards to making sure she's steady, mm-hmm. making sure because I know what's about to happen. I I choose to be on guard in case there's a weird moment to catch her, right? Mm-hmm. So so to just be free from all of that and just to be able to just look at her and like take it in was fucking great. And she's amazing. It was oh, really yeah. great to see. Yeah, yeah. And it was such a different show for her. Can, you know, a lot of people were, some people were unhappy with Madame X because they felt like it wasn't as big and ostentatious as her, her world tours had been. But then, you know, 
I mean, from a well, fan perspective, did they buy a ticket because it said that it was going to yeah, be in, I a, know. in I the mean, house from, theater? I mean, that's from a stupid. fan perspective, I loved it because you know to be able to see somebody up close, you know, in a small venue like that was a treat. Well, and I think, and I never really thought this until right now, so this is kind of cool. Also, I think if you really are choo- if you have really chosen to fully back her, mm-hmm. right, and be a fan, then you should be backing the truth of who she is, not who you want her to be. Mm-hmm. And the truth of who she is, is a mercurial underground artist. Mm-hmm. That's the truth of who she is. So you would welcome, like you guys did, you would welcome her shifting and shape-shifting and changing if you're really about Madonna, because mm-hmm. that's what she's about. Yeah, well, we've evolving with the artist, correct? <laughs> absolutely. If that's what, especially, especially if that artist brand is about that, mm-hmm. right? Example, I remember, um, oh my gosh, I went to the Hollywood Bowl here in LA. You know, it's for those of you that don't know of it, it's a really mm-hmm. big outside pa- pavilion style house. The sit, you know, like there might be jazz and then the symphony might be there and an orchestra. And I went to see Harry Connick Jr., right? Nice. Yeah. I like his vibe. I like what he does. And guys, I walk in and he comes out and everybody knows Harry Connick Jr. as we know Harry Connick Jr. And mm-hmm. he came out dressed in all black, like black t-shirt, black jeans, like L.A. Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, L.A.? Like super loud, not in his swaggy southern. <laughs> yeah, where, where's the suit? Where's the, <laughs> right. the swagger? Exactly. Where's the crooner? Where's the and crooner he, at? Where's the crooner? Thank you. And he started the set that was all this jamming thing like as an artist i get it that he wants to explore but he gave his his audience no lead up for that and mm-hmm. folks were leaving <laughs> walking out oh, no. like in 20 <laughs> minutes in droves because it was so randomly different but from somebody like her yeah i mean the brand is about shape-shifting all the time to yeah. be upset that she's taking a different venue or now she's going to do something in the park or, you know, all of, along the alley tracks should be interesting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've okay. already gone to church and we've barely even begun the podcast. <laughs> you got me all deep already? Damn, it's just Monday. Okay, well, before we, before we go in any deeper, I'm going to give Carlton a formal introduction. Yes, so, please. Carlton oh. Wilborn is a dancer, choreographer, director, actor, author, performer, empowerment speaker, and life coach. He began his professional career as a principal dancer with the world-renowned Hubbard Street Dance Company in Chicago, and then after moving to Hollywood, landed the position of Madonna's pillar of strength for the blonde ambition and girly show tours. He's worked with entertainment legends such as Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, Twyla Tharp, Legendary photographer Herbert's Tony Award-winning director George C. Wolfe, among many others, of course. He's directed music videos, appeared in film, TV, and stage projects. He wrote an award-winning autobiography, Front and Center, How I Learned to Live There. Wrote and produced the webisode series Front and Center and co-produced, wrote, and hosted The Carlton Connection. He's also done charitable work over the years for St. Jude, Project Angel Food in Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. I mean, this is just an abbreviated list of some of your achievements. You've, <laughs> you've also, this is to me is very important, since we went into lockdown, you have created and just shared your spirit with so many people on your Instagram lives that I sometimes get mad when I don't see them pop up. So mm. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you. I think I, I, I slipped into your DMs a few times and just said thank you because, mm. you know, that, that's that's all I could give you back. But, um, thank but you, man. thanks for being with us during this time. And, you know, thanks for sharing your stories with us today. Well, you know, I appreciate you doing all of that and saying what you lastly said because, you know, you never know where where the meat will land right Mm -hmm. and to know like wow like to hear it's always powerful to hear directly from somebody and like i don't know you from anywhere like i didn't even know that you were hearing it you know what i mean so that's Mm -hmm. just 
confirmation for me to stay on the path that I'm on, you know, and sometimes that path does not feel comfortable or sometimes you get tired, mm-hmm. you know, but it's been amazing in this season. You know, um, I actually thank you for bringing all that right up because COVID specifically as the onset of it, you know, all of it's been honestly very empowering for me at the end of the day, you know, from COVID to the civil rights issue and Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all the others and, and you know, presidential craziness and mm-hmm. then a presidential win that's in the same people's favor. And, you know, it's just been a whirlwind of experiences. And I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to be a voice of reason mm-hmm. for a lot of people, you know, because yeah. a lot of folks are... are rightly so triggered with a lot of fear and unsuredness and 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 doubt honestly and with a lot of what my journey's been about you know i know about riding through the fire and i know about being inside of a huge pandemic and all those things so i felt really armed for this mm-hmm. and really guys i have said that more than i've ever known in my life I feel like me and what my story and my journey is, is about is literally built for this season right now, Yeah, right now. And that's amazing to feel. So thank you for sharing that. It has actually. Yeah. No, I hear that because I, I feel like this, like you said, this is a season that, you know, some people are, are going to step up and some people are, are, are just not going to make it, you know, sure. um, you know, we're doing what we can putting out a podcast, but we're, doing something you have to do something and you have to put one foot in front of the other otherwise this thing is just going to eat you can alive. i ask you guys why did you decide to do this podcast like well, why why it and why now uh stefan do you want to uh, i mean i we had chatted a little prior to the recording uh you and i carlton about you know i had always thought why do we get to have 50 million channels about sports talking about p- football games and baseball mm-hmm. games, but there's no outlet for like me personally, as a Madonna fan, I would have loved to have had podcasts or television shows like being like, and we've just seen Madonna perform and here's a play by play of what she did tonight. <laughs> and I, I just, I felt like there was a void of that in, in pop culture and they had done, you know, there's podcasts for other pop stars out there and i thought you know what we need a madonna podcast so mm-hmm. tony and i just hit the ground running we had no idea what we were doing and how to do it and how to you know how great our, you're like yeah how, we just were like let's how just great. start doing it and so we did it and the like you said you kind of just sometimes you show up even you know tony and i wanted to walk away from it when we felt like our sound wasn't working and we were just like <laughs> we're out we're done but we totally we we found a value in it and i like you said you sometimes you don't know the impact that you're having on people, but we get messages from people all around the world who listen to the podcast and thank us for sharing our stories and other people's stories, such as yourself and uh, how much it helps them comforts them sometimes in a, a time of need. And so me personally, I want to thank you as well, Carlton, because there are days during the lockdown early on when you were recording on Instagram live and it was just nice to hear a comforting voice and feel your positive energy and just sort of receive that from the Instagram radio waves. And, mm-hmm. um, so thank you. I appreciate it. And, thank, and, and thanks for taking the time today. It's been, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and, you know, getting the invitation from you guys to do this is, you know, m- moments like this, I don't take lightly for me in the way that I live because, you know, it affords me opportunities to um, sometimes really um, share like a different side, right? Or like mm-hmm. if I've had, you know, if I haven't been public for X amount of time and some life thing shifts, I probably am going to have a shift about my perspective, about how to understand something, how to see something, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to realize, oh, I've got a I've got an outlet like this to share it with other people so that other people can also see that it's safe to share your truth, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. So I really am honored to get this invitation. So thank you guys for giving me the chance to be real and transparent and hopefully let somebody else choose that for themselves. 
That's nice. a great place to start. I, uh, Stefan and I both saw you for the first time on stage at, you know, in the Blonde Ambition Tour. I was actually in Houston for opening night. And one of the Ooh. things that first struck me is how, you know, I, and I kind of got a glimpse of it in the Vogue music video that I'd seen a few weeks before. But, you know, you're just like like we said in the description, you're a pillar of strength, you know, especially during, you know, the like a prayer, oh, father, live to tell you know, that whole part. Um, how, how was that? I mean, obviously that's part of who you are and how did, how did that come together in the choreography? Like, how did that all come out where they decided that like, wow, he's really the center of this right now, the spiritual center of this piece. Like how how did that come together? If I'm saying it crazy. I think, you know, (laughs) that's a really great question, actually. Um, it's a question I've never been asked. Well done. <laughs> Seriously, after all these fucking years, it's like, well done. <laughs> um, it came about in a lot of different ways. You know, M knew that I was a, you know, again, I was different in a different place in my career than the other guys. By the time the tour happened, I was 26. Mm-hmm. Most of them were around 18, you know. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first big thing for them, and it wasn't for me. So I'd had a full career being with the dance company. I'd starred in a movie. I'd been interviewed. I'd traveled the world. Not at the level that I could travel, but I still had traveled, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a trust factor that, that she had for me there. The other side, and this is like part of new information for me to even be aware of as I have unfolded to myself is realizing that that pillar of strength thing was also me being hyper aware that I was the lone black dude or mm-hmm. like I was the black dude, not, mm-hmm. not the lone black dude. Cause it was Oliver and Gabe, but I was the tall, tall black dude. Yeah. Right. Statuesque. <laughs> yeah. And like I had to like represent like one as like a black dude in the world, you know, as a black dude, masculine dude, like I was like conscious of all of that. So like my moments of standing or my moments of like how I would angle myself, I was literally conscious of being that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I think that combination, um, how I presented myself and also what she knew about me and what I could hold. Yeah, because you can see in the the blind ambition choreography that it's it seems very personal to each dancer, and I you mm. don't you don't see that a lot in like you know pop productions. That's something that you see more in dance companies. Or yeah, in, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, and yeah, you know the part that that you said that you were you know the older, more experienced that came through in Truth or Dare because you kind of looked like you know you kind of came across as like the the elder statesman of the tour, you know, that that was your edit, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. The, 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 chap, the chaperone. Yeah. Carlton yeah, is just chaperoning. He's just chaperoning Nikki Don and Madonna. Are you going to take me down like that? What you no, doing? No, it's not a takedown. You know what I mean? You know, while every, everyone else is like, you know, kicking and, you know, you know, mugging for the camera, you're, no, you're kind of like. More elegant in the background, like, all right, guys, come on, you know. (laughs) They have definitely thought of me as the older brother, is how they Mm -hmm. have, at least the guys. Um, And that feels right, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I have much more of an affection for them. I mean, I love them all, and I have a great affection to them now. Um, But they were challenging for me, a lot of them, when we were on the road, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it's nice to be able to be past my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. you know and see them rightly you know for how powerful for how power powerful they were to live more authentically than me actually mm-hmm. to live out their truth you know and and be really full blasted with it um i couldn't see that fully then mm-hmm. you know i was threatened by it i think in some ways um so they're amazing guys and uh yeah, but we had a good time. I mean, we 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 always had fun on stage. That is true. You know, it, we the 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 whole mixed bag of us. You know, mm-hmm. M and Nikki and Donna and the dancers and 
even the band, you know, like there was a real, real authentic appreciation of each other once we hit the stage Mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, and so now it's nice to have, you know, allowed myself to let it go beyond that. Yeah. Did you, we've asked a couple of the other guys, this question, did you realize how revolutionary the tour was at the time and how it was going to basically change pop shows forever? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. No, I mean, who could, you know, as I have said, I mean, there's certain, there's certain, you know, certain things happen in the world, certain things happen in life that are super rare, that are super gargantuan. And, you know, who can ever see that, you know, you just kind of get swept up in it Mm -hmm. um, and pray that you don't get too swept up in it. (laughs) <laughs> if yeah. you understand what I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause it's incredibly intoxicating when, when you realize that there's a wave that you're on, right. It's not just mm-hmm. a happening and a stop and a happening and a stop. Like you literally feel like, God damn, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, it, uh, is not something that, you can see coming. I'm super grateful for it, though. You know, I'm super grateful. Um, but no, it, it it was a phenomenal experience. Both so, of them, both tours. You know, I'm grateful. That yeah, no, that, that's what yeah, I was going to ask you about. So, a Blonde Ambition and Two Third Air was like a one-two punch, and and then how did you get right back into that to the girly show? I mean, this time you knew what you were you know, you, you knew what you were in for and, you know, the you, Madonna machine, the Madonna exactly. machine. And, and if I may be a fan for a second, that moment in fever where you come out, just like shocked everybody. It was like, Oh my God, Carlton's back. Yeah. Well, I, th- yeah, I think because the, of blonde ambition and truth or dare, it's sort of cemented, you know, the Vogue video, blonde ambition tour, and then truth or dare, it sort of cemented that entourage of Madonna sure. people. And sure. yeah, when she did girly show, that was like, Oh my God, wait, where's everybody else? I mean, Nikki and Don right. were there obviously, but like as far as the male dancers go, you were the only one. And it was yeah. like, wait, where did everybody go? And it was just kind of like very on brand for Madonna to, you know, like not keep things the same. And yeah, sure. Uh, but, um, but not only were you back, it was also, we were seeing somebody completely different. That was what's, what's so great about your work. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, and that was fun, fun actually getting ready for the girly show and talking to her and like, you know, sort of what kind of look and vibe I wanted to create for, you know, because when we, and this is not something that a lot of people think about, but like when, when we were inside the, in, inside the Blonde Ambition tour, she and I had lots of conversations about acting. Hmm. Um, like that, like we literally just talked about like stuff that we wanted to do and blah, 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 blah. And we're egging each other on. So a lot of the rehearsal process and the like finish a run of a piece, right? And mm-hmm. then go on the side and like talk it out for each other. A lot of our conversation was in that kind of realm. So it was, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, I think that for me, it was just a really amazing opportunity to realize I was invited back. You know, she called me. Um, actually, what happened is she, she called me initially for the girly show saying that she was going back out and she and she was going to she was in new york calling me saying she was going to be in la running auditions did i have any dancers that i thought she might like that i could (laughs) send to the audition and i was like oh cool awesome and i and and i actually did and 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 one of them ended up in the show and he killed it and um and we hung up and it was all i was totally fine with that because i was busy and doing other shit and then she hit me up like 10 minutes later and was like, Oh, I didn't even think to ask you, <laughs> are you interested in going back out? And I'm, you know, I was like, then, yeah, I was like, so that's how the girly show came about. And then once I said, yes, she was like, well, would you be up for doing the audition? Meaning to run the audition. So I created all the choreography for the audition and it was 
her at the table and Nikki and Donna and I was doing the audition for the Girly Show tour. Nice. And that's how Chris Childers ended up on the tour. Chris and I had done a bunch of shit together and had been traveling around for about four consecutive years to Bangkok because we were modeling for Body Glow. And um, when I got the call from her to run it and all that, and like, can you send some people out? I like Chris is a beast. And I was like, dude, like I'm, I, I've got like the end and I know she would be all about you. I am positive that you will have this fucking show up. And so the <laughs> fact that I got to call him for it and the fact that we have had the history in our career and then finally got to do the beast within, you know, and that was such a gargantuan piece choreography wise mm-hmm. to do. And that he and I got to do that together was super fun. It was mm-hmm. super fun. So the girly show is very special for me and the blonde ambition to is very special in different ways. Yeah. I, f- I feel like in the girly show, you got to express your artistry even further. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, you know, for me, I always say that the girly show is the grown and sexy. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's more my speed, you know, the sort of campiness that the blonde ambition tour was not, really my natural beat i can Mm -hmm. do it i can pull it off you know but my sweet spot is more right up the alley and also like the album erotica i was completely into and there were a couple songs that i knew i really wanted to get and i got them meaning like (laughs) you know because she's the one that chooses like which dancers for which songs and Mm -hmm. and you don't really have a say in that but you can have a say in how like what the biography is and everything so like fever was the one I wanted and beats within. So the fact that I got them and got them the way that I got them was awesome for me. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Fever was a standout, I think from that show. Uh, and, I mean, there were so many standouts in, in girly yeah. show, yeah, but yeah, totally. uh, fever was just such a fun number. And I mean, the, yeah. you, you and the other dancer with Madonna, I mean, you, everyone Michael just Gregory. so yeah. athletic and so beautiful and like some Dang. short shorts, which I loved looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn shorts. My goodness. Uh, oh, but yeah, no, they, they, it was, yeah, so, so beautiful. And, um, but see like shit that people don't think about though, is like that, that number was like at the top of the show, which yeah. means <laughs> right as the dancer like you haven't warmed up or anything and you're entering a wide open space meaning like most of them were stadium gigs right mm-hmm. and you're entering at night freezing cold air mm-hmm. and you have to just look like you're just chilling at the beach and there's <laughs> a fire element don't forget and there's a fire element exactly <laughs> yeah that wasn't as scary but really like just like we talked about it all the time like coming up that thing, just freezing. Oh God. And then you got to do what you got to do. It's kind of funny. That so. makes me feel even worse for Carrie Ann now. <laughs> oh no, dude. You don't even know the situations that she was in coming down that pole. Like, no, seriously. Like we had issues and, you know, yeah, it was, it was not cute for a minute. And, and, um, they finally had to work out the right things to make it doable. But that was a 90, foot yeah whole metal mm-hmm. and she yeah. was not good a lot of times by the time she got down and we had they had to do some very clever things to fix it which i can't say but um it definitely was a real issue well, what did no th- one thought about it and how could like you no. just wouldn't think about it until you got there so right right it looked and it looked perfect every time exactly exactly and she's that kind of pro you mm-hmm. know even though she was freezing and hands numb no, oh, no seriously, but think about that. Yeah. And the scare of your hands seriously getting to cold, numb, and you've got to hold up your body in some other kind of ways. And then your thighs are there for too long and they start shaking. I like mm-hmm. weird shit that nobody ever thinks about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she turned that piece out. She turned oh, that yeah. piece out. So great. Yeah. Fun, fun tour. <laughs> Fun show. Fun show. So then after Girly Show, I'm I mean, as with Blonde Ambition, I'm assuming Madonna opened some doors, you know, like personally and professionally and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. where where did you go? Did you 
You were like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the pop world. I'm, I'm gonna do something else. Well, I, I was uh, in between the tours and definitely stepping off of the girly show. I was all about my acting career. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was about my acting career before I got that, and so that's really where I went and just started doing a lot more guest star things and starring in some movies and and um, you know. I was about that. And, yeah, and, we were gonna we were gonna put some highlights, but there was just so many to list. I was like, we're gonna be this will be half the podcast us talking about all of your acting. <laughs> no, no, but Carlton, I have to bring up. I remember in the '90s, I watched a lot of TV because I was in college, and there was a show called LA Firefighters. It was like an action episode. Oh God! You and Carlton shows up, and he is the butchest, straightest firefighter. <laughs> and I, I was gagged like I my jaw for seeing that <laughs> and i you know and it, it's like one of those shows like 911 or you know yeah exactly it's third exactly. watch or whatever but it, i it mean you know, fox. It, it was on yeah fox. it was on fox and i was like good for you girl i was like look at you you're showing everybody <laughs> I was the tiller of the truck so i was the one who swings the back of it mm-hmm. out and, and in and yeah that's so brilliant that you even saw that and know of that project oh yeah no but before that i remember um like late night cable i watched this indie film and it was with Ileana douglas and it was written by uh craig oh, chester you're talking who, about grief i'm talking about grief and i was that was the first time i saw you act and i was like oh my god he is for real and it was it's such a good movie and i wish that people had a chance to see it because it's 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 kind of campy because it's about like the making of a daytime, you know, drama soap, whatever. Yeah, yeah totally. But it's but it also has like another layer, you know, about it's about despair and it's about redemption, you know, and and I I I've always I never forgot that film. I I hope to see it again somewhere somehow. That's funny. Yeah, grief. That was Ileana Douglas, Craig Chester, Alexis mm-hmm. Arquette. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. That, Before that, the change. That was one of those uh, indie gems of the 90s. And and you kept yourself busy. I mean, you worked in episodic television. Yeah. You're you're still working in episodic television, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've been grateful. I've been really grateful, you know, as I get brought into these kind of moments when I have to like get ready to think about my career or like send out a bio or something like, like, oh shit, like you have done a lot of things and I'm grateful that I've been able to shape shift, you mm-hmm. know, and that people have taken me seriously when I've done it. Um, so, you know, God is amazing. He's made me to be quite the gypsy, you know, and I finally arrived at a place to embrace all of it, you know, and not put my thumb down on some, but think one is more great, you know, like I was doing all that stupid shit. So it's nice to be free from that. And I'm just grateful, guys, you know. Um, I have a very cool life. I get to be creative. I get to impact a lot of people on a lot of different levels. I get to help my family find their peace. Um, And my TV just turned on. So hold on. Okay. That's hysterical. That's that's is that your poltergeist? Your, is that your poltergeist? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so you know, I'm I'm I I'm grateful that I have been able to do the dances that I've done. You know, mm-hmm. the dance I, of life. Yeah, I'm cool. interested in your um your life coaching experiences, and you know, also like specifically your autobiography and how that inspired you to create mm. like a teaching system based on that. Like mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Absolutely. that. I have not read your book, but I did buy it. Blasphemy. I, I will be reading it soon. Okay. Why I am I talking to you? <laughs> this is bullshit. Tony, because because we are we, we we you have to do the proper prep. I mean this is it's this is well, you know sorry it, about this Carlton. I really apologize. Jesus I, I don't know what's going on. I mean Tammy, can you call my manager? Tammy, call my manager. <laughs> but, you know, by osmosis, everyone's going to know about this book, and now they're going to go out and buy it themselves. You know? There you go. No, is, there, so, oh, is there an audiobook? Because I, I would love to hear you talk through the book. Well, funny you should ask, actually. A new neighbor, Allison, um, is a voiceover artist and has a full studio, and she and I just met earlier in the weekend, actually, oh a few God. days ago, because I had 
I, w- I started picking her brain because I want to do an audio book of both mm-hmm. my books. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll start with the autobiography. Yeah. So Ooh, the universe coming. is listening. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, basically the, my story is, you know, I was aware that I, I was up against some stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I started writing as a poet first. So I had a bunch of poetry pieces. Um, actually really what started was I had a whiteboard in my bedroom. I knew that I wanted to start writing. I just needed to get like my stuff out mm-hmm. of me. And I just had a bunch of one lines. I, re- I remember I had 13 just like, so this is for anybody that's checking it out. Like you're getting a little sort of tidbit as to how you get your book structured. I just had like a bunch of one lines about like moments of my life. Like the day I got kicked out of school and the day that I cut my finger, you know, just, and then I would wake up and just let my body tell me wh- which one do I want to write about? Mm-hmm. And then I would do that in poetry. So I got all 13 moments of my life at that time written out as poetry pieces. And then I kind of did a recycle and went, okay, which one do I want to expound on? And then I went into prose writing around that piece of poetry. Once I finished that, then I did a cut and paste, which should be first which should be second, which, should, and that's how I got to my book. Mm. And it really was, you know, I call that book, my getting free front and center, how I learned to live there. That's the autobiography. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I was aware that life had marginalized me in some ways. I had marginalized myself and I needed to finally fucking wash my hands and call a spade a spade. So I could finally do what the fuck I was supposed to do here and be free. Mm. And, um, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes, you know, like if there's something that you feel stuck in or you feel is like weighing on you, me personally, I think sometimes just like getting it out there, putting it out into the universe sometimes can help you see it a little bit clearer and help you release it. Well, I love you even saying what you said the way you did, because getting stuck um, is really sort of the whole angle for the rebrand of Fierce Alchemist. Hmm. Um, you know, my work, you know, like what's my why, who I basically help people that are, I, I help people get unstuck mm-hmm. so that they can access the lifestyle of their dreams and manifest it swiftly. That's what I do. I help people get unstuck. How is that different from therapy? I'm, I'm just asking because oh, I'm, I'm, oh, just, I'm just curious. Oh, sure. No, no, it's a great and a very important question. Therapy is a talking head dynamic, which doesn't involve much strategy. And a life coaching is specifically pivotal component of it is structural strategy, right? So if you're in therapy, as I have been and you have been and lot, lot, lots of people do, you go and you're talking and you just share so you're only activated from your brain out right and with a life coach they can get into the nuances and give you building blocks specific with accountability that you come back all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah. you give them you give them a little homework uh yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely because it's important for people to have the homework because when Anytime in regards to um, holding information or absorbing information, when you have an experiential in relation to it, it settles in more, Mm. right? So if we can have a talk about it forever and forever, it doesn't mean things don't land. Of course they do. But when you have to put pen to paper and you have to ponder and come back to that same area a few times, come on. Mm. That's what a life coaching mm-hmm. affords one. Yeah. And so, you know, I basically went from my book. Then I started doing some speaks just on my autobiography on front and center. Mm-hmm. And people started sharing what they appreciated about it and that they wish they had some of those guideposts for themselves. And I was like, ding, 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 create a workbook. 
So then the workbook dropped in 2011. And that is my I Am Empowered workbook. Eight principles, comprehensive, mind, body, spirit, mix. And um, it's been really, really effective. And so that's how I got really into the workshopping realm is where I started mm. and started doing some soft stuff there. Got my first corporate client, was Merck, the pharmaceutical company. They came to me in 2014. Um, they had a program that they were phasing out. They wanted to do some send-off coaching for their for the face of it, the host. And uh, that was obviously quite a coup for me to get that. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I've been enjoying about it is, you know, it, it's allowed me to travel the world. I was taken to Hong Kong specifically with my dance formation program, mm. which is I've created the first ever movement based through dance life coaching program as its own separate entity that launched in 2013. <clears throat> and... So I was taken to Hong Kong to do that. I was invited while I was there to do an empowerment talk at a private school in Hong Kong. You know, and for me to think about myself as this little black boy <laughs> from the south side of Chicago, what is going on? What God, dude, damn. You know, off of something that I created on my own. Like, this is not on somebody else's name. This is not on somebody else's merit. Right. My coaching work is 1,000% my work. Mm-hmm. And to realize my, my ner you guys know, try, trying to launch something and get to, to the next level, you have fears and insecurities and you got to get past all that shit, you know, and to realize that I went through all of that and look at what it gets to do now. It's taking me around the world and impacting a lot of people off of my authentic story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're sharing your spirit and it's, it's, paying you back a million times in ways you probably could never imagine. That's oh, great. for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, you know, this kind of stuff gets to be fun. And so, yeah, my coaching work, I really thank you for asking about it. Um, it is everything for me. It is my God work. You know, I, yeah, I totally get the alignment though. And the, and the, and the tentacles of building that my dance be the outlet by which I would gain all the skill sets mm -hmm. that I could then meaning. It was my dance that took me around the world that helped me to deal with a cross section of people, right? Get mm -hmm. into the psychology of them, lots of different kinds. It was my dance that helped me realize that I could talk my mind into doing something beyond what my body might want to do. And then I can reapply that somewhere else. So dance helped me really build the fundamental stuff that sets me right to do coaching the way that I do it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, dance helped to be the saving grace for me when I was feeling super unsatisfied at home or you know, with my diagnosis and like all of that, trying to find my way around that, escaping into my dance, using my body to move my energy. That's how dance formation came about. Mm -hmm. That is specifically, I realized, oh my God, I was given dance as a fix it for a part of my life that wasn't working. What do I mean by that? I was 14 years old. I was supposed to go to school in Florida for all of high school. Mm-hmm. I used to go to Florida every summer with my brother, starting at eight years old, and study karate. That's how I first got into my body, doing karate for four or five years. Kung fu and fighting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Bruce Lee, baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's right. And um, But anyway, going back and forth to Florida, the dude that was the karate instructor um, started dealing with me inappropriately. And that's when the sexual abuse started. And that ran from eight to 13. And I thought I was going to stay for high school. And it, you know, I saw some stuff and realized, you know, he now had a wife, 
you know, had a three month old baby was trying to creep into the living room for me to fuck him in the middle of the night with the baby in the other room. And I was like, this is so wrong and so insane. And, you know, the way that he had come all the other times was in that very swift and manipulative way that they do it. But after that night, when I realized, you know, because I went back only every summer, so he had a he had a new baby. I don't know about the baby, and I didn't want to do anything. And I was a and I was at the dojo, and we we're completing one of the classes in the evening, and all the other students left. And this was the first time that he really came, trying to be forceful, and I because I was now not wanting to do it, and he was trying to grab me. And anyway, I got away from that, but that thing is what propelled me to call my parents. I didn't tell them what happened, but I just said that I was really unhappy being in Florida. So this was three months into the school year. I left Florida back to Chicago. Scramble, scramble. Mom meets my eighth grade teacher. Cut to that's how I got to dance. Mm. It was not at all about me being interested in dance. Nothing. It was like it was the middle of the school system. What school could I go to? Mm -hmm. My mom ran into my eighth grade teacher in the grocery store. This is how God had a fucking plan for me. And she said, let me talk to some colleagues. It ended up being Diane Brooks that ran the dance department at Whitney Young Magnet High School, myself and Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, yeah, that's, that's where, um, Southside. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so that's where I started. And um, so just to realize that, you know, dance, I only got it to dancing because me, you know, ending school somewhere and having to fix that, mm-hmm. that's why dance showed up in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got the rub for how I could turn it into a system. Yeah, it and looking at how it had saved my life in so many ways and how I could, how I've used the awareness of my body to curve and move things around. So yeah, my life coaching work has been powerful. And now, you know, as of September 29th, it just passed, I launched Fierce Alchemist 1.0. So it's the online coaching program. It's an eight week program. So it's the, it's the deep dive. Oh, and wow. um, they get me once a week. And it is basically the guts of the I Am Empowered workbook with some enhancements. And so, yeah, that's my coaching world, and it's amazing. So um, tomorrow actually is the last day of the eight-week program, um, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And is, there, then, is there a graduation? There's no graduation. No, 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 no virtual no. graduation ceremony. No, there's no, no, no graduation no. in life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, don't say that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Take no, that back. It just means that we're constantly, you know, recreating ourselves. Yes. So, Carlton, in the Strike a Pose documentary that came out a few years ago, there are scenes where we're shown you practicing, um, you know, your life coaching with your clients. Is what we see, some of that, uh, what you've just described as dance formation. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So um, that footage that's inside of Strike a Pose was the first retreat that I took mm. out for my coaching program. And so we were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happened that I had already booked and scheduled the retreat to happen. It's a the retreat version happens as a five-day event. Dance formation is a three-day unfold to move it out, move it in, move it up phase. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, yeah, it. Uh, I had that scheduled, and then I found out from the producers that they wanted to come back out and shoot some more footage. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up flying the whole crew to Hawaii. And they filmed me and for all the days we were there. And that's some of the stuff that you saw. Yeah, that's dance formation. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask about, you were talking about dance. And I, Tony and I had both seen the Strike a Pose documentary at the uh, New York premiere that they had as part oh, of the as part of the Tribeca Film Festival, and so of course yeah. all of you all of you guys were there, and it was so emotional and so wonderful to like one 
just catch up with all of you guys, you know, years after Truth or Dare and whatnot, because mm. such an impact had been made, you know, for at least for, I know for Tony and myself, mm-hmm. you know, seeing gay representation in Truth or Dare and um, for the first time in the movie, I mean, that was the first time I'd ever seen any like gay representation in a movie. And that's the first and, time I ever saw Latin gay men doing anything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, that's and, true. I guess yeah. that would be true, right? Yeah, that's on, so on, true. On a world stage, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, the thing that I always loved about that was as a closeted gay kid who I didn't even know I was gay myself at the time, you, oh, you knew it. it well, it, it, I wasn't admitting it to myself, <laughs> but I, you know, to have Madonna normalize it was such. It was. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was weird, or it was like, sure. oh, okay, this is fine. Madonna's Madonna says it's okay, so it's okay, you know. And um, but the Strike Opposed documentary, I thought I've always loved how it seems like such a great love letter to dance, and I didn't know that going into the movie that that's what it was going to be. But I just thought, hmm. I didn't know that's if that was, if that was told to you that they were going to do that, you know, like, or it just I've sort actually of, never heard someone frame it like that. As a oh love, yeah. Love letter to dance. I just a thought it was such a great, I, I thought it was such a great example of how dance sort of helped all of these people in their lives. And be, it was such a huge part of all of these men's lives. Um, that's beautiful. And and yeah, like there's some there those those gorgeous sequences with um, Salim, you know, talking about how how he's healed by teaching dance now, mm-hmm. and and then we see you doing you know dance formation. And I was like, oh my god, this is just like somebody get me out of here before I like cry this place <laughs> out. <laughs> no, but but seriously, it's a you know because we you know we grew up with you guys, you know we cared about you guys, and you know we didn't know where you guys went, you know, as a group and. And to see you guys come together, and it was such a catharsis, and and to well, see the coming that coming together was definitely even like incredibly special for us. Yeah, um, you know, because we, I mean, it truly was the thing at the at the dinner in the movie was mm-hmm. the first time that we had all been together since we left the tour. Mm-hmm. And you know, for some of the guys, I hadn't even seen them since then, so it really was more endearing than any of us expected. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, it's been, it's been lovely. It's been lovely to be able to have, you know, the, the next leveling happen that strike a pose cause for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's really been able to take off in some new and exciting ways since then, you know? Um, And, you know, just that, the overall story still matters to people. Yeah. Which is to live in your truth and to be courageous in the world and fight for yours and all of that, you know? What I love the most is that strike a pose has its own space, you know, separate from truth or dare. And it's all part of, you know, Mm. a bigger picture, but it has its own um, very special place. And I'm so happy that it exists. And all the fans are, I know we we all, we all are very, very, very emotional about strike pose. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. It's a, it's a, I mean, that team, Esther Gold and Ryer Zwan, the mm-hmm. producer, director, fucking major combo. Yeah. I've told them since day one, seriously, that they really should add to their junkets, some sort of like executive masterclass. Because they, they have, I mean, you know, I've been in this game since I was 13, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 56 years old. I've seen a lot of different people lead business entities, business ventures, creative ventures. These folks had their shit down mm. from scheduling, meaning timelines, when you can expect the deliverable was on time, keeping you in the loop about shifts even if it didn't i mean it they were just honestly and 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 also just kick it like we all kick it (laughs) exactly you know what i'm saying that like they kick it like that but handling their business they're so on and just so of integrity yeah i i have quite an admiration for the two of them and they're going to be doing some really cool stuff in the future so keep your eye out for them for sure uh strike a post sequel 
<laughs> oh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding could you imagine <laughs> right. in another in another 20 years we'll catch back up with you guys and see. exactly <laughs> only if we do it with them exactly then people, that, then oh my God. people would line up in droves to see all that right. i think we should start a campaign for that to happen right. seriously That's fans are always asking they want everyone to get back together for like a blonde ambition like reunion special. And I'm like, I don't know if everyone would be able to do the choreography, but um. <laughs> <laughs> we could do enough of the choreography. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carlton, we recently had your colleague, Sebastian Lacaze on the show and he was oh, telling Sebastian. us, yes, he was so fun to talk to. And he told us about disciple. Uh, can you tell yes. us about your experience with disciple? Yeah, how, how, how'd you link up with that guy? Wow. Um, Interesting. Sebastian and I have been friendly companions. Like we don't know each other. We didn't know each other well, but we saw each other over the years um, as dancers. Right. And Mm -hmm. then years ago, he was living in New York and I got wind of a web series that he had called Hustling. And it was fucking so good. Like it was really good. He, he, He spearheaded the whole thing. It was his baby. And I reached out to him. I hadn't seen the dude for years. I was like, yo, man, I highly respect what you're doing. You know, if you need some chocolate up in the mix at some point, (laughs) I would love to play. You know, and he was like, at the time, he didn't really have the budget and thing to fly me out and cover all the things that they would need to cover. So we passed on it. Cut to um, right at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, I got a hit up from him going, hey, yo, I've moved to the West Coast. I've got another project. We've got funding. We've got some stuff. I want to do some stuff still. And so that's how I got on board. And so he offered me this role. And, you know, he's such a smart businessman and had his pitch angle solid. And, you know, the takeaways for me, um, and so it was great. It was really great. I tell tell everyone what your role is in, in the film. I play a priest um, and I am Sebastian's basically uh, sort of good buddy. We've gone, we grew up together um, and um, he is going through an adult um, coming of age, if you will. And I am really on the edge with how I feel he is being about it and doing it in relation to the church. Mm. And so there becomes some conflict inside of all of that. And that's all I'll say, but you should definitely see it. It's a really, really important film and um, he's really good in it. He's really great. at it. So you're, you're back in the habit after the Stop Blonde Ambition tour. Oh my God. Back in the habit. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Carlton. Thank you. <laughs> do you know that i did not even fucking think about that you suck dude that's so bad leave it to stefan leave it to stefan whatever fucking okay i think it's time for the lightning round okay yeah 58 minutes guys i think it's been great thanks for talking to me So, Carlton, for every guest on the show, we always have a little lightning round. It's just meant to be off the top of your head. Oh, what, 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 what comes to your mind first, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today. So, favorite Madonna song? Um, oh, what's the one? Um, oh, see, I'm so bad with her. I'm so bad. <laughs> what's the we song that she did from, is it Bed? No, where, where like the kids are. Or like moving objects and shit. Oh, bedtime story. Bedtime yeah. stories. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. my favorite. That's my favorite. Favorite that's my ma- favorite. Favorite Madonna video. Vogue, bitch. Oh god, I was gonna say you. It can <laughs> be the one that you're in. Come on. <laughs> favorite, Vogue. <okay>. Vogue. <laughs> favorite Madonna tour. Girly show. Yeah. Uh, favorite Madonna look, and it can be from a tour, a video, a magazine, whatever. Um, bad girl, her oh, bad girl good. So video. Good. I love her look in that. Good old Louise Oriel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love I love that video and that song yeah. too. I mean, it's so so good. Totally. Um. So, 
Tony, since this episode is being released around Thanksgiving, I thought I'd ask Ooh. both you and Carlton. Carlton, what are you thankful for this year? What am I thankful for this year? I am thankful this year. What a great question. Thank you. I'm thankful that 2020 has proven to be the year that I was delivered. Mm. That's what 2020 at the end of the day has proven for me through all the things that have happened in the quiet time and the lockdown time. I've had some healings and things that have happened between me and my dad and me and my truths that have just come to form. So I feel like I've really been delivered from a lot of the angst that's been, you know, too long, too long. Mm. I'll just say too long. So that's what I'm thankful for. Tony. I'm thankful for the shift in focus. You know, I did not, no one expected this, uh, you know, let's look back to January, February. I was, Waking up every morning, going to work, coming home, complaining about all the minutia, going back to sleep, you know, and, you know, there would be a ray of light once a week where I would record the podcast, but, you know, everything was kind of going the same. And then this happened and so many things opened up. My head pretty much exploded and I had to create things. I had to end things and nothing is ever going to be the same. And I'm grateful for that because I needed, right. I, I needed, and a lot of people needed this mm-hmm. to, to wake up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And if I can speak into that a little bit, you know, into things not being the same, you know, folks have to be careful because there has been, you know, this sort of quick draw yeah, thing of like, when can we get back to normal? When can we get back to normal? Right. And the reminder <laughs> is most of us, most of us, myself included, were mm-hmm. frustrated about what the normal was. Mm-hmm. Yes. So be careful what double talk you're just throwing out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if it got back to normal, you wouldn't be satisfied. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful what you just brought up, Tony, the shifting that's happening. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And Stefan, what are you thankful for? And don't say turkey. No. Oh God, no. Um, no, you know what? I think in 2020, I, I had, I left New York right when the lockdown happened and I spent three months, uh, at my mom's, uh, in Pennsylvania. And those three months with my family were never supposed to exist. And I look at that as such a huge gift from the pandemic because, you know, as an, an adult, you know, normally don't get to like live with your family again. And so to be able to get that time, I guess it's time. I'm, I'm thankful for that time because, you know, and if anybody is listening about the pandemic, we have time right now. Like things are slower. Things are, you know, like you just have more time to do things because you can't do as much as you used to. And I think that it's, it's okay to be slow and it's okay to, be quiet and bored and just silent for a couple minutes and enjoy mm. that mm-hmm. space and and just ha- enjoy that time because once we you know get a vaccine everyone's going to be like I'm flying here I'm going there I'm doing this I'm yeah, doing that sure. I'm going to you know it's like it's all going to be crazy again so it's like in, enjoy like Depeche Mode enjoy the silence <laughs> yeah and take advantage of it because yeah. you know like I look at I know for myself timing wise with me getting out fierce alchemist right Mm -hmm. aside from just realizing it was timely because there are a lot of people that are feeling very stuck and are needing to reboot their lives because their job ended or they don't know what they should go into now blah 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 so i don't know i just think it it is just a really it's just it's all just a really special time yeah i'm getting it's a really special time. I'm grateful. Yeah, well, I'm, I might be calling you up at, with the fierce alchemist because I, uh, I I need some of that in my <laughs> life. Figuring figuring out what what's next. Please do. Uh, unless please Madonna, do. unless Madonna finally calls us and hires us for the podcast. You oh, know, please. I, mean. <laughs> well, I want to say and 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 thank you guys because I I honestly I was sitting here just thinking I really appreciate the energy of this time with the two of you. Oh, thank like you. the Thanks. energy that you two. The way you are doing this, even though it's a very scaled down version, there's something powerful to it. And again, I've been talking all day, right? <laughs> and, I, and I do these things a lot. So I would love to be able to support you guys however I can in the future. Oh, 
Oh, um, thank you so much. And c- c- congratulations. Thank you. No, and it's been very special to have you on. Um, You know, I've always looked up to you and it's, it's been a genuine thrill to be able to talk to you and share your energy and space today. Uh, Please tell everyone how they can find you and, and how they can find your, your teaching. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a little scrambled with the social world. So folks, please forgive me. Um, (laughs) My, so there's no like consistency to it. My Instagram is Carlton Wilborn rising long but that's what it is carlton wilborn rising my twitter is carlton wilborn my facebook is carlton wilborn usa mm-hmm. and if you want to get more info on my coaching work in general i'm going to throw out a phone number you can call and All right. hit me up 888-750-5322 Again, that's 888-750-5322. You'll get prompted, do what you know to do, and you will get hit back immediately, and we can get into some conversation. I've got you know, a multi-tier of things that could at least get folks started. I've got tips that I can send out. I've got my workbook. I've got my full program. But I thank you for bringing attention to it, and folks... There's no reason to live in suffering, especially when you're grown and have the option to choose. Mm. Exactly. And just to, reality. to go back to something you said earlier, grown and sexy, that's the goal, you know? Grown and sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Grown and sexy. That's the thing. I think we've sexy. I think we've just found the title of Carlton's uh, podcast episode. Yeah, exactly. Did you just pull that out of my head? I was like, oh wait, I could do something with that. Hold up. <laughs> thanks I'll again. You guys on as my first guest. How about that? Amazing. <laughs> thanks again, Carlton. Everyone, thanks our that's our show for the week. Feel free to drop us a line. We love hearing from you all. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLBC Podcast on the web at MLBCPodcast.com. And we're streaming wherever you listen to podcasts. So share with your friends and fellow Madonna fans. Talk to you guys next week. Thank Have a you, happy Carlton. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody.